0: to Ephesians. Ephesians 2. Appreciate so many great testimonies tonight again. And, um, you know, the Lord told us to love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? But we also, we're told to love one another. Hallelujah. It's appropriate to appreciate the blessings of God. And the best blessings are... The family of God, really. But uh, there's no one like Jesus. Amen. If anything is done well, it's done right, it's a blessing, it's just because of how good he is. We're turning to Ephesians 2. Spend a little bit of time in the Word. God bless you. So good to see you in church tonight. Um, Before we read this portion of scripture. Let's ask God to help us because we can't do it without him. Father, we love you. Thank you again for just everything you are doing. Thank you for, Lord, the just beautiful presence of your spirit, that anointing that we felt here tonight in worship. And Lord, the heart of these testimonies, so honest and so grateful just for how good you are, Lord. Now, as we come to your word, we ask you, God, to help us, Lord, to Have ears to hear what Your Spirit would say to us. So we look into the Word. We may see ourselves. and We may see some things that that we don't like. But, God, we pray that You'll cleanse us through the washing of the water of Your Word and help us not only to be hearers, but, God, that You would work in us and sanctify us that we might be doers of Your Word and thereby be blessed. God, we love You. Thank You, Lord. Help me, God, I pray, with Your anointing to just be sensitive to Your Spirit. God, help me, Lord, and my will to just stay out of Your way completely. We'll give You the glory. We'll give You the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said Amen. Ephesians 2, verse 1 says, And you, hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. I know you thought you weren't so bad. At least I thought I wasn't so bad. But we were outside of the will of God. Verse 3 says, Among whom also we had, we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of the flesh, of our flesh. Fulfilling the desires of of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature, because it was our will and not God's will, by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But God who is rich in mercy, thank God for it, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were what? Dead in sins. He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm excited tonight for what God has given us. We don't deserve a bit of it but God who is so rich in mercy I just feel like so many times we don't realize just what a great gift of salvation we have and sometimes we don't recognize the language of the Bible is so clear about what it means to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light amen I heard something before we get into this context of what we've read here already. I heard something here recently that that I want to talk about. I, I know when we open up our Bibles to the book of Genesis and we start seeing God's creation and God just speaking into existence where His Spirit is working with the Word and bringing all that, that uh, this beautiful creation into existence through His Word his spirit is is there hovering over the, the chaos of the the, the deep and, and the word speaks forth, let there be light. And we see God doing some things not only just creating but we see him we see him separating. We see him separating the light from the darkness. They don't have fellowship with one another. We see that right in the first chapter. We see him separating the waters from the land and we see Him creating uh, and filling with life, right. populating His creation with life. Yes. And we see Him creating man and woman, and He puts them in a special place that He prepared for them. Right. And um, so vital to our understanding of the Word of God, He, 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 he gives them dominion. He gives them authority. Right. He said, this is yours. I'm going to show you what this is all about. I want you to take care of it. Right, right. You know, he, he told them. I know people have this idea. Well, God God controls everything. God gave control right. to Adam and Eve and to humanity. Yes. He even called Adam and said, you see all those animals out there? What should we name them? Yeah. You tell me. Right. <laughs> I don't see an argument. I don't know it. There's not a lot there. It doesn't seem like, like maybe Adam said, What? I think Adam understood. Yeah. I've I've given you dominion yeah. over over this creation that I've given you. But sadly we see soon that man sells that out as the as the uh the really the 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 father of humanity he sells out that dominion he sells out that's why we see things in our New Testament about the the prince of the power of the air sometimes talks about the God of this world because man had that authority he sold himself out through sin to the enemy and sin came in and a lot of people have this crazy idea there's a lot of confusion of course about the word of God because you can't come to it with just your own carnal understanding it takes the spirit of God To just open it up and bring it together, you can't just pull things out of context to to put together something that makes you comfortable. You have to be able to say, "Okay, God, you say what what you want to say, and I'll conform to that." And the Bible says the carnal mind isn't even subject to the laws of God, and these things have to be spiritually discerned. Some people say, "Well, the way God set it up, it we preached a." Whole message about this, I'm not going to go back and re-preach that before I preach this one. You don't want two in one time, I know. I know a lot of you do two and three testimonies at one time, but I won't say anything about that. So, a lot of people say, well, you know, it just, what a setup. God makes everything, puts temptation right there. There's a devil involved, that serpent, and what a setup to fall. Hmm. Did you stop reading your Bible after Genesis 3? Because, yeah, God knew what was going to happen, and it was a setup. A setup to be saved. A setup to be redeemed and come into a relationship with a God that says, You know what? I've created you with free will, and you're going to blow it, but I'm going to be there to rescue you. And give you another reason that even the angels don't have to love me and worship me throughout eternity. We're going to have a relationship that they're not even going to understand. They're going to be scratching their angelic heads. It was a setup. It sure was. God knew exactly what was going to happen and already had the rescue plan, which is more glorious that man could learn, hey, I have a will and I have a choice and I, and I may make a mistake. And God said, I'm going to be right there seeking you. When you're hiding from me, I'm going to come after you. When you're running from me, I'm going to find you. And when you're ashamed of the sin you committed, I'm going to rescue you. Hey, Amen. I'm so thankful for a God that cares that much. Hallelujah. Read the rest of the story. He's got a plan for everybody. Whosoever will, you want to be saved, I'm going to come after you and I'm going to give you a place for me throughout eternity. All the way to the book of Revelation. Whosoever will. That's your will. But he won't force you. You know, there's people today. I don't believe it. If I could show you it was true, would you live it? No. I hate it. Okay. It's your choice but i heard somebody i was listening a little bit to somebody i came across and this guy i don't know that he's really a preacher per se but definitely has years and years of uh of uh bible degrees and study uh and caught some things and kind of got my attention i said "Wow, oh, that's that's pretty good that's that's pretty decent uh, and uh then you gotta be careful you know, it was those religious leaders that were saying, Crucify Him! Stirring up the crowd. They missed, with all their Old Testament, it was them that said, Hey, Rome, we need one of those crosses from you. Can you sign one of those off for us? Because we've got somebody who's, who's a blasphemer. God manifested in the flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. All the fulfilling of their own scriptures, but their self-righteous ways rejected Him murdered him. All within the plan of God, of course. But uh, this scholar, uh, and I know there's a lot of people out there, but I just want to address this tonight. He said, you know something? When you look in the Garden of Eden and you see what God says to them, you find out... Now, this is somebody who's a a Bible scholar. It's just hard for me to even repeat. He said, you find out that God told the first lie. Right, right? <laughs> yeah. He said, I, I got, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to show you this. God lied to them. Because God said, in the day that you eat that fruit, Genesis 2, 17, You don't have to turn to it if you don't want to, but you may, I, I invite you to. It. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So he said very clearly, they didn't die that day. They lived for many, many years after that, according to Genesis. How little understanding do you have of your Bible? I've heard other people say, well, isn't there a Bible verse that says a a day is as a thousand years? And, you know, he kind of went up to into his 900s, so kind of in God code time. Stop. Silly. You know what the Bible tells us about who God is? He's life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. The day that he ate of that fruit, he didn't physically die, although death entered into his his nature. Physical death was a part of the curse. But the day that he ate that, that beautiful fellowship that he shared with God, that friendship, that closeness, was cut off immediately. Like the New Testament says over and over and over again as we read, you were dead who were dead. Did you hear that? Adam died that day because he died in his sins and his trespasses. That's God's description. That's God's very real description of the spiritual condition of sin in your soul. He said that is death. You're cut off from life, that that connection where, where Adam was able to enjoy walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It seems as though when God comes walking at that time, it was almost as if it's it's saying that that was just a a thing they did on the regular. But now, Adam, where are you? God knew where he was, but he's trying to wake him up. But he is cut. He's he's. He's dead in his sins. In his trespass. The Bible says salvation makes us alive. Quickens us. Quicken that's a that's a an, an old word that means to make alive. That you have he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Even when you were dead in sins. And if people could recognize the fact that sin in your life is cutting you off from the kind of relationship that God says is life. This salvation isn't just uh, 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 some some thrills and some good times and, and, and a good feeling. This is life. Hallelujah. That God provides for us. He didn't lie. I hope I don't have to tell you that. He didn't lie. But what happened is, Man was cut off from that relationship that God had. That was His life. His, our eyes are, are, are now dimmed uh, 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 of the nature and the, the, the will of God and, and, the, and that close fellowship that we were, we were created to have. And God says, that is death working in you. But He came that we might have life. Hallelujah. 1 John 3 first John chapter three, verse fourteen says, "We know that we have passed from death into life. Did you hear that? You were dead in sins and trespasses that 's how God sees you you're surviving you're getting by you're making it day by day there's more for you you are created for that you know that down in your heart you know that 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 mist, that, that fog in your life is is the death of sin working in your members. But there's something trying to break through. There's light that's trying to break into that and say, come on, I want to speak life into you. I want you to be resurrected. I want you to come forth with life. Just getting by, feeling like you're just surviving. Feeling so disconnected sometimes. God has a way to connect you with Life. First John 3.14 We know that we have passed from death into life because we love the brethren. He loveth not his brother abideth in death. You see, he constantly is using this, that, that, uh, that idea of death. You say, well, I'm not so bad. The brother was talking about addiction and hard drug use and I'm not so bad. Hey, it's not about whether you're good or bad or you're dead or you're alive. It's not about how much you relate to somebody else. We're not here looking at you thinking, well, you're a bad person compared to so-and-so. No, no, no. God's not looking at people whether they're good or bad. It's, hey, you're dead in your sins, whatever that might be. You might be raised in church and just just a self-righteous little Sunday school brat. You still need Jesus. You still need life. Amen. Amen. In your best that you can do. He said that's vanity. That's emptiness. The best you've got. Filthy rags. It's still death. This salvation does more than make bad people good people. It brings dead people out of the grave. It makes them alive. It puts something in you that now, praise God. Now you're alive in Him. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, The love of Christ constraineth us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. He brought us out of death and into His marvelous light. Oh, hallelujah. John, turn with me to John 10. I think most of us are familiar with it. John 10, Jesus talking about being the good shepherd. It is no coincidence. It's very clear to those that were there while Jesus was saying this in John 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. They were familiar with the very familiar portion of scripture that most know today Psalm 23. Yeah. Almighty God, the Lord, amen? Yeah. amen. Capital L O R D in your yeah. King James Bible, the Lord is my shepherd. You don't have a few shepherds. You've got one shepherd. And that's Almighty God, Jehovah. Amen? Amen? Now Jesus comes walking among them. Well, praise God. And says, I am the good shepherd. There's one of the I am's of the Bible. Which is really the interpretation of that word Yahweh or Jehovah. It's I am that I am. Jesus comes and says, I am. You know, he, somebody said, where did he ever claim to be God? He looked at them and said, before Abraham was... John 5, I am. Hey, you you might not get that, but they grabbed some stones and said, We're going to stone this guy. Amen. I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Before Bethlehem, I I am. Now he comes by the great I am. Manifested, robed in flesh and says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd that's going to give his life for the sheep. He goes down there in verse 10. Hear me now. The thief. I, I, I wish it was just that simple. But there's a battle going on for your soul. You recognize it. I'm not trying to take responsibility away from you. You've got to make that choice. But there is a battle. And we pray and the church is praying that God would would break all the the works of the enemy that are trying to continue to enslave people in sin. Amen. Keep them down. Keep them dead. Because the Bible says the thief cometh not. It means he doesn't show up except for the purpose to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said, I am come that they might have what? Life. life. And that they might have it more abundantly. I, I, I love how the Word of God just... I mean, how, how much better could it be to say, Hey, you were dead in your sins, but I've come to give you Life. That's amazing. But God says, yeah, but I want to really put it in perspective. Not just life, abundant life. Well, if being in sin is death and being a child of God is life, that's everything. Yeah, but it's just so good. Amen. It's like when he said he's able, unto him that is able to do exceeding, abundantly, above all. Hallelujah. He's able. But the thief comes to steal. I wish I could convince everybody within the sound of my voice and everybody I can get a chance to talk to that that your will that's based on your ideas, your perspective, and a sinful perspective is that at that, and the sin that has bound you in your life has robbed you. Amen i don't really want to spend a whole lot of time, but i can't i can't take this out of context because i know i still I know the devil is a thief and a murderer, but this scripture you if you read it, you'll understand he 's talking about hirelings he 's talking about those that have come before me didn 't care about people didn't care about their best didn't love people like the Good Shepherd loves them told them a false doctrine that they can live in their sins, that you're going to be all right, just say a prayer, and you can believe and go your way, and and, and you'll be fine, God. You're going to sin anyway, don't worry about it. Hey, that's death. And that's a hireling that will tell you that. But Jesus said they're stealing from you. Any idea that you've ever had that can say I can, I can be saved and still walk in my sins, still hold on to my my old life and not be born again, completely transformed, Amen? Wait, I, that's what how God does His best work. I, I love the way Brother Chris was talking about how people they can't imagine. There's no way. You ever come up? I'm not. Don't. I am not suggesting. You start acting judgmental in any way, shape, or form. But I thank God for... Let me just say it this way. I thank God for people that when you tell them, you know what I used to be? No. That turns people off sometimes. Oh, I want to go on a church. People around here, they they don't understand sin. (laughs) No, no, you don't get it. It's kind of like the children of Israel, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hey, God just brought us out of the furnace. Nah. There's nothing singed even on you. Don't even smell smoke on you. No, you weren't in that furnace. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we were. God took us out of there. There's no way you were in there. You'd at least have some kind of fire damage. I'd at least be able to smell it on you. Nope. God was with us. God helped us. And let me tell you, God will transform your life. That's how good He does His work. Old things will pass away. Behold, all things will become new. That's what he said. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. But the thief comes. People that are trying to spoil you, the Bible says, through vain traditions. If I can tell you something that appeals to your flesh, it'll build up my kingdom, make me feel important. What a cheap thrill loving people sometimes it's hard sometimes it hurts sometimes it's you don't really get loved back the way you want to be ask jesus about it he understands that every day especially with the cross amen he, he they didn't set up a throne for him they talked about it a few times but after a while they said you know what forget the throne get the cross amen but he still so loved the world he wasn't willing to take from them. Don't tell people. Don't tell people who I am. Don't spread my reputation. Let me just minister and serve and love and give and die. To love people that much. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. But the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he came to give life. True salvation. Just feel inadequate to put it into words that's why i think a service like this tonight is it's important that you know you see the the glory and the joy of just worshiping god in abandon people not caring just saying hey i i'm not out of order i'm not out of line Everything's got to be decently and in order. But this Bible tells me, like we said about clapping our hands on the Lord, shouting with a voice of victory and triumph and, and leaping and dancing and lifting up holy hands, that's, that's in a Bible. And, and it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what any Pharisee says. Shut them up. Shut them up. No. No, 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 no. To have that kind of glory and to have the kind of testimonies that say, hey, let me tell you. Oh, what, is it, what a blessing. I can I, I, I just almost just could say I get a blessing out of here the sincerity without even knowing what they're talking. I just hear that in their voices. That's just that that runs deep. That's that's real and to know what what, what, what I was and what God has done. Yes, yes. Then to go into the word of God and recognize it's life. Yes. How do you describe that with with just with our with human language? How you just how do you describe the the understanding? The the best we could do is I was dead. But now I'm alive. I wasn't alive. I, wasn't, I didn't have that. That sin was bondage. It was slavery to my soul. But now He's resurrected my life. And anything and everything that's tried to get me into some kind of formality, some kind of man's ways that deny the power of God, is stealing from you stealing from you the the purpose and the plan of God in your life. To know that you can you can have what you hear people there in this world and the, the songs that are being sung, they sound like they're they're still looking for something and you you know i I've, I've got what they need. I don't deserve it. I'm not, I'm not bragging on me. If you keep on going on in Ephesians 2, you'll see. Not by any kind of works of righteousness that I have done. It's, it's not by works that I can boast. It's by grace through faith I'm saved. And, but we are His workmanship, verse 10 says. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works that we could show forth His glory. And let people know, hey, I was dead, but thank God I'm alive. Don't forget who you were. Don't forget what God's brought you out of. Let people know I do understand. I have had that, I I did have that pronunciation of death over me, but thank God I'm alive. Turn with me just quickly to John 6 in closing. This salvation, it saddens me. It saddens me when I see it represented so poorly. It saddens me when people have, have drug it through the mud and, 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 and made it just a, a, a formality, a religious experience rather than life. Rather than, than, than taking an old life and bringing it into what God created you to be. Oh, let me finish with this scripture in John 6. Verse 63, Jesus is saying the Spirit, it's the Spirit, it's the Spirit that quickeneth. It's the Spirit that makes us alive. The flesh profiteth nothing. I told you this morning, and and the Lord just kind of led me a different direction, but I told you this morning about how important that anointing is, how the Spirit of God, we've got to welcome the Spirit of God, we've got to lean on the Spirit of God from the very beginning of the service. Prayer time and worship time. It can't be our flesh just going through the motions. It profits nothing. If I'm up here just saying what I feel like saying and doing what I, and, and, and you're listening to it in a, in a way of maybe kind of like how you uh, kind of channel surf or something like that, it's flesh. If we're dancing and shouting and saying, oh, I'm doing it for the Lord, but it's flesh, it doesn't profit anything. But when you allow God to work, His Spirit makes you alive. And listen, it's a spirit that makes us alive. It's a spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. Use, it, use everything you got to glorify God. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. If it's a spirit that makes us alive and His words are spirit, well, then I guess Jesus was telling us the truth when He said, who the Son hath made free, is free indeed. That it's the truth that will make us free. God's Spirit, just like there in Genesis 1, God's Spirit just brooding, hovering over the chaotic mess that was the earth right there in the first few verses. And you start the Spirit and the Word start bringing life. It was a beautiful picture of what He wants to do in you and I. wants to bring His Spirit, His Word to you and say you must be born again. You can go through all the motions of modern day religion and theology and miss it by a mile. But if you come to Jesus with all your heart and say, God, I need your life. I need that abundant life. I'm I can't save myself. A dead man can't save himself. I need you. I need you to forgive me. I need you to transform me. I need you to fill me with that life. He will. He's promised. It's His good will to do this for you. And He'll do it today. If we'll let Him. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Life. Alive. When you recognize. I know it's not popular. I know it's not kind of a modern message to, to look at sin and its sinfulness and talk about us by nature being children of wrath. That's, that's not going to win any friends and influence people. But listen, recognize the gift of God. When you realize how lost you were and see how good God has been to you. Oh, you can't just live a mediocre life for God. You're going to give Him your all. When you realize, I was dead. I I can look at other people just like most of you and say, you know what, you you weren't. You were worse than me. You you were doing things I never did. When I no no, we're, we're all dead in sin and trespasses. We're, we're it's not about comparing how good we are to one another. We need him. We need his life, and his life is available. Jesus told them to go in all the world. Jesus told them to go and tell them. That as you, as Jesus died on that cross and was buried three days and three nights and rose again, He said, Now you go and tell them. Book of Luke, the 24th chapter, talks about preaching repentance and remission of sins in my name. When you get sick and tired of being stolen from, can you imagine somebody? coming into your yard, coming into your home and taking your things. How frustrating, how angering that would be. Listen, sin has not helped you. Sin has robbed you from being alive, from having the gift that God has for you. It's not about just going through a a kind of, sort of, a little bit. It's death and life. And sin is death. That old life is death. And every day you don't come Turn away from your sin and turn to God fully and let Him wash you and cleanse you. You're being robbed. You're being robbed. Anybody will tell you, hey, it's okay, it's all right, you're fine, you're going to be okay. They're, They're lying to you. They're robbing from you. Turn to Jesus with all your heart. Turn away from an old life stood up on the day of Pentecost and he walked with Jesus. He heard everything he said. He was a new man that day, filled with the Spirit of God, no longer to deny he knew Him. Oh no, God filled him that day. When they came after they heard him preach about Jesus, they said, what should we do? They were pricked in their hearts. Peter looked at them and said, repent of your sins. Be sorry for sin and turn away from it. Turn to Jesus. Turn. Turn. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins, and you shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. That promise is for you, He said. It's for your children too. It's not just you here today. For your children and to all that are far off, God will fill you with His Spirit. He'll give you life, abundant life in Him. Come on, if you need to pray, come on, talk to God right now. Church, be praying. God's God's working. It's up to you. God's made a way to forgive you. God's made a way to cleanse you. God's already at all your failures, all your sins. God's already made a way to rescue you. He's got a way to bring you out of darkness and into His life. God, help us. Help us, Lord. every doubt, every, every fear, Lord, every struggle, God, I pray, break every chain, pull down every stronghold of the enemy, God, I give you my hope, oh, yes, Lord. I give you my soul, I live for you, oh, Lord. every breath that I take. prayer Everything less than his will stealing from you everything less than the life that he paid for with his blood is robbing you from a day of of life abundant life oh the bible talks about this great salvation what a savior we have he's made a way he's got what you need he's got everything there's not one that's ever been born in this world he doesn't have what you need to have victory over your past life and a new life real abundant life in him let's all stand father thank you thank you for this great salvation thank you Lord, for loving us enough to break the chains of sin, Lord, to give us victory over an old life and a, a new life, God, an abundant life. Lord, help us to walk in that. Help us to, Lord, just continue on, Lord. be Hold our hand, God, and just lead us on higher heights, God. We love you so much. Bless each one here tonight, Lord, I pray. God, your strength, your direction, and and Lord, just open doors, God, throughout this week to shine and tell others about this abundant life. We give you all the glory, all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.